Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! Y'all hear the sound of them sirens. That can only mean one thing. Thank you for listening to yet another edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast right here on the Chairshot Radio Network. This is not your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash, but my boy is in the building. How you doing, my brother? Yeah, I'm here twice in a row. More than Carl could ever say. I mean, you know... We still love you, Carl. You'll never listen to this show, but we still love you. This is your boy, Mr. Kyle Morris. And we are joined this week, first time guest on The Outsider's Edge. He is a fellow member of the Chairshot Radio Network. We've got from the Bandwagon Nerds, Mr. Dave Unger. How you doing today, sir? Uh, I need to start drinking. That's that's all I got to say after you watching. You came onto this show without yeah, yeah. drinking? I Well, you know, after looking at... In the span of what was that, Ray? Ten minutes? Westbrook? Both my teams get gutted. I'm a Washington D.C. Oh, oh, did they Westbrook goes to Westbrook? the Lakers. 
Westbrook goes to the Lakers. Scherzer and Turner get traded to the Dodgers. I'm like, oh my God. Magic Yo, Johnson it, putting it in work. Package? Was it the package? Was it the Westbrook package for Kuzma and yep. like the entire Casey. rest of the Lakers bench? Yep. Pretty Kuzma, much. KCP and Harold. Yeah. <laughs> so look yeah. at the bright side. Look at the bright side. I think in an actual role, Kuzma could get you maybe 15 points a game and like you're going to get a bench. No, drinking is the right call. But, y'all, we're not here to talk basketball. You can catch Ray talking basketball on the three-man weave anytime and every time. Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. Boom. There we go. I couldn't remember what time y'all came out. So thank you for rescuing me on that one. Speaking of Wednesday nights, y'all. So Wednesday night, I went to AEW Dynamite. And I think that that would be a perfect place for us to start our show tonight. Um Go ahead, tell us how it was. So first thing I want to say, I want to say a couple things. One, they have a whole fan code of conduct that they read out before the show starts. Like they do the dark and the dark elevation tapings. And then like in the break between that and the start of the main dynamite, they have this whole code of conduct thing that they list out where they talk about what kind of behaviors are and are not acceptable. And like, they specifically include things like, we will not tolerate racist, sexist, or homophobic bullying of any kind. We will not tolerate this kind of harassment. We will kick your ass out of this building right the fuck now. And as they were reading it, I had two dueling thoughts. And I would love to hear how y'all feel on this because my dueling thoughts were on the one hand, wow, this is really thorough and I'm glad that they're like putting this in words and saying we aren't going to put up with this bullshit. But my other dueling thought is how fucking sad is it that they have got to tell you not to show your ass at the wrestling show? Dave? Uh, Well, equal parts great and uh, discouraging, I would have to say, would be my best response. It's like yeah, th- this shit, it's 2021 after everything the world's been through. You shouldn't have to be reminded to not be a douchebag on a repeated basis by a major wrestling organization. Uh, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> anybody who's watched any sort of sporting event since they started letting fans back yes. has had it slapped in their face just what a bunch of assholes we are. And People it's like, are the fucking worst. They are. They are. And and so does it surprise me that they have to remind people, don't be racist, don't be homophobic, don't be an asshole. Uh, you know, am I surprised they have to do that? No, but I, I agree with you, Kyle. It's it's sad that it has to be spelled out like a bunch of fucking three-year-olds. This is what you guys shouldn't do in case you were too dumb to figure that out on your own. So yeah, I mean, it, it's nice that they that is not so subtle reminder that you're on our property. You have a, a a license to be here at our leisure, and we can revoke that if you're a moron. So, anyway, that well, 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 those a- are my thoughts. Well, AEW is a grouping of all of the either the non WWE fans, fans that were left behind by no competition from WWE, or those who just really love wrestling. Two thirds of that group were a lot of people that came from indie wrestling, indie wrestling fans. And we know how rabid those fans are. And there's a very small line between passion and craziness and wrestling fans like they crip walk on that line. So 
Like perpetual line steppers. I'm telling you. So I'm not shocked they have to do that. It is dope they do it. It's dope. It's dope they care enough about it to have to do it. But it also says a lot about their fan base that they know they have to do it. That's true. I was also thinking from a legal aspect because we're in such a litigious society anyway. Well, Dave's a Dave's a Dave is a lawyer. A, yeah. That's not his gimmick. He's a literal lawyer. Yeah. So like we have such a litigious society anyway. So by like putting that out there like at the start of the show when they kick your ass out and won't give you a refund later and you try to oh I didn't know I didn't know. Bitch, we warned you. We put it in writing up on the screen. We screamed it out from the rooftops. It what? was in the terms of service in the email we sent you. Um, another small thing. I don't know if this is an AEW thing, but it's I don't know whose decision it was. But I have gone to the arena that they did Dynamite at. I've been going to the Bojangles Coliseum for 20 years. Easily. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where the minor league hockey team in Charlotte plays. And my family were season ticket holders. I was a stick kid for the team, all that shit. I know for a fact it cost $10 to park at the Bojangles Coliseum. Parking was free for Dynamite. Oh, that's dope. It was included in your ticket price. Oh, that's new. I don't know that's if that's new. an AEW thing or what that was, but like that was it's, included in your ticket price. It's got to be on, because I know you're paying attention to what you were doing when you buy them, because with the WWE tickets, or let me, not change, let me say that, at the Toyota Center, the mm-hmm. Houston basketball arena, you can buy a parking pass mm-hmm. separately. So uh yeah, that's that's dope if they include parking in the Yo, tickets. that was that's a that's smart dope. that's a smart thing because here's the thing. I don't mind spending a little bit more money on the ticket if I know I don't have to spend another Facts. twenty dollars on the parking. Facts. I don't well I'll see, mind. I'll answer that question for you on the eighteenth when I go. Here yeah, yeah, let me know. Please do let me know because I that was really dope. It was a pleasant surprise for me. Um but biggest pops of the night. Biggest pops of the night. I'm going to go in. Well, hold on. Hold on, Dave. Did you watch the episode? Uh, I caught parts of it. Caught okay. parts of it. I didn't see all of it. So the crowd was white hot. There were just just under 7,000 people in attendance. It was a six and a half, like 6,700 or so in attendance. Um, biggest, apparently biggest AEW crowd that they've had in a long fucking time. Because um, Daly's Place doesn't hold that many people. Biggest pops in no particular order. Thunder Rosa is over like Rover. Like the mm-hmm. crowd blew up. The woman who was sitting next to me was so excited to see Thunder Rosa that she legit had tears in her eyes, y'all. It was one of those beautiful, happy wrestling moments. I was sitting next to a little baby wrestling fan who was telling me how she had just started watching when Dynamite became a thing. And so it was just super cute getting to see her reactions as like a newer wrestling fan. Um, Thunder Rosa over like Rover. Huge pop. Another huge pop. I don't like him. I'll be honest. I don't like him at all. Darby Allen is so fucking over. He is so fucking over. That arena blew up for him. And that was during the dark tapings before the main show. They erupted for his ass. I don't like him at all. He's over. Um, But the pop of the night to start the show. Yep. Our boys in the dark order. They are so fucking over. And that moment was so great. The only thing about that moment that sucked wouldn't be an AEW show if I didn't talk about production problems. They didn't let it ride. Sound. No, it wasn't that. Sound issues 
inside oh. the arena in the mm. early part of the show. There were serious mm. volume issues in the sense of like we couldn't hear. I couldn't hear that video package until mm. they were like halfway through the introductions part of it. Got you. Um, That's disappointing because it was a fantastic had, one. When Ricky Starks had his segment after the elimination tag. Oh, and y'all were chanting, we can't hear you? Because we literally couldn't fucking hear him. It wasn't trolling. <laughs> it was legitimately, we can't fucking hear you because y'all don't have the mic levels turned up high enough. Um, well, we've been talking about that for two years now, so. Yeah, so, like, that was a production issue. But in terms of just, like, pure moment, like, down to... Hangman's wearing the purple now, and they changed oh. the Titantron to the purple now. Oh. And if you notice, if you noticed in the moniker, because I went back to watch the televised version, because that's something I like to do. I don't know if y'all like to do that. When I go to a live show, I I always like to watch it back to see what I missed with the com- yeah. what what did I miss with the commentary? Because they're telling me half the story that I need to know anyway. Yeah. And if you noticed on the ticker, they were just introduced as the Dark Order. Yep. I mean, and, and the salute Hangman really got me order. though. Hangman to the order is almost fully complete. The salute really got me though, because I thought about Brody, and I thought about none of this is possible without with, Brody. Without Brody, and uh, that was a very strong Brody, Even down to right before his passing, Brody was telling Silver and Reynolds, "You've got to fucking get Hangman. He's the key yep. to everything." Yeah, it's just a, such a beautiful thing. By the way. Hyperbole is runs high after a show, and you know, inside baseball, we were we're recording this on a Thursday night, so it's just been a day. But that's top five of one of the greatest show interests of oh, show yeah. beginnings and group interests I've ever seen in my life. Like that's up there with the NWO entrance where they pull up in the limo and they walk to the from the back to the beginning, all smoking cigar. Like that's how epic that shit was. Oh, and for you, Rance, for you, Rance. <laughs> You know who else is over like fucking Rover? For me, who, who, who? Mr. Malachi Black. Oh my boy. Mr. Malachi Black is so. so over. Well, two things. Number one, he he's over because he's fighting Cody. <laughs> well, I mean that's part of it. Like, I, I, some of this, some of this is, some of this is, you know, Charlotte is forever Flair country. We don't fuck with the roads in Charlotte. We just don't. We don't fuck with the roads family in Charlotte. So part of it is that, but part of it is. Man, people saw Cody Rhodes' face on the screen, and the booze rained down instantly. Joy. Like, people, and I was asking the people around me, because, you know, I know that we're very outwardly vocal here on the Outsider's Edge of, you know, fuck Cody Rhodes. I was asking the people around me, you know, what the deal is. Everybody says the same thing. He's a pretentious asshole, and everybody's over this shit. So the world is starting to see. Look, brings Jordan Myers. Everybody, the dude behind me was like, I instantly love Malachi Black just because he saved us from another Cody Rhodes in the world today. (laughs) (laughs) Cody Rhodes thought he was on Capitol Hill real fast. (laughs) Uh, Are you a Cody fan, Dave? I don't know. I know. I know how you feel um, about AEW. Well, no. I. I mean, I don't feel as pessimistically about AEW as say one Mister Patrick O'Dowd or PC Tunney. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. Uh, no, I like AEW just fine. I, I, Cody, Cody to me. I mean, I don't really have too many 
issues with Cody. Uh, he's he's there. You know, he doesn't he, he's too involved in everything. Sure. But he's not putting him over too much at the expense of anybody else. I, at least I don't I don't feel that way right now. But, you know, with. um, You know, with the with the thing without Malachi Black, I, I think that that's that's a good feud for a guy that they just grabbed, you know, <laughs> who just fell into their laps, basically, mm-hmm. from whatever WWE did wrong with their contract. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that that's that's a good starter feud for Malachi Black. Um, I, I don't hate Cody. I'm like I like middle of the road on Cody, I would guess. You know, he doesn't I don't hate him. I don't love him. He's just kind of there. That's almost worse than hate or love. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I, I want, mean, you don't want to be indifferent. You don't want to be indifferent. And that's kind of how I feel with him. I've been arguing that his biggest crime is that he steals time away from other people who could be taking it because he is such a sideshow unto the product. Yeah, he is so off in his own little world, like doing his own thing that's unplugged from literally everything else. And because of that, inherently, it's just like, man, this 15 minutes could be like better utilized. Letting one of these other moments on the show breathe. This 15 minutes could be better utilized. Giving somebody who's not on the show a segment. You're right, but to give him credit, two minutes, he got his ass beat. Yeah, and it was he out. Did. Yeah, I'll he did. Like, clap for me. I'm with it. Two minutes. And shout out to Fuego the Soul, because he sold the shit. Only person that sold the Black Mask better is Leon Ruff. And Bla- Leon oh, Ruff sold sure. the Black Mask so well, he got a contract. I mean, so- I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, after, you know, watching it live, I'm pretty sure Fuego del Sol is dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty positive that he is dead. Um, He was not the scariest moment of the night, though. The scariest moment of the night was Proud and Powerful versus FTR. Yeah. Um, And I was sitting on the side of... I was sitting on the side that the camera was facing. Okay. So, like, the turnbuckle that Cash was on. And, like, it was clear from the moment it happened that Mm -hmm. something happened. Because they go up. They do the push down. They do the dual push down, and you could tell that da- or that Cash fell funny mm-hmm. um, because of the just like he hit real awkward, and you could tell that he fell funny. But his, he immediately got up, grabbed mm-hmm. his arm, and just ran towards the trainer. Mm-hmm. And they had like three or four people looking at him, mm-hmm. and they went home real fast in real awkward fashion. Yeah, yeah. They- to, to beat Ortiz, I'm just a brain buster. From what I had read, it looks like it's just a really deep cut, and he's been stitched up, and he should be okay. It makes sense, because if you've ever seen those turnbuckles in real life and how they have to flip them, yeah, it, look, it, that, it looked and, like a cut. Well, that, and I mean, we know there's like a pretty juicy vein that runs along your elbow. like, And that's part of what made it so scary for me, was I saw him get up and grab his arm like that, and I'm just like ooh, there's like a really juicy vein that runs along that part of your arm. And if you nicked it just right, like you'll bleed like a stuck pig. Speaking of bleeding like a stuck pig, and if you don't mind, I'll take, I'll take point on this because I know Journalism. it's not your, I know it's not you. I'm trying to, I'm trying. You know, it's just, I'm a little rusty. A little rusty. I know this isn't your cup of tea, which is why I want to take No, that. no, no. But we can talk about MDK all fucking day. First and foremost, uh, if you follow... GCW's um, their 
ring announcer, the Emil J. You know Emil created that opening for Nick Gage. So the fact that Justin uh, Roberts Justin actually did, did it. And he did as good a job as can be done on a televised yes. product. Facts. 100%. Because it, it wasn't full on. No, he's he, like, I, I can give you all of this, 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 and this. TNT will not let me say any of these things. So, I, I want to say first, the idea of the five labors of Jericho is one of the dopest ideas I've heard for a story in a while. Oh, I think I it's really so dope. hard for the reveal of the third labor. Do you, you know, do you know what third labor is, Dave? No, please, enlighten me. Movie! Oh, the juice. Okay. The and, juice. And if they, Storm is not revealed to be the fourth or fifth laborer, I'm just going to be disappointed at this point. It's got to be Lance, right? Because they started together. But because, Kevin Owens is the fifth one. You know that, right? Well, the, people, are, the people are begging Jerry. for them to let them do it. <laughs> um, but no, I want to I I talk about this, not so much because of the match, because if you've ever seen a Nick Gage death match, that's basically what happened. Props to Jericho for actually being, being willing to take the spots. However, um, there was a spot, as you know, Nagage is quite fancy with pizza cutters. As he's cutting Jericho's head open and they go to picture in picture commercial, they cut to a Domino's ad. And apparently, Domino's has come out saying, We're not happy about this. And there's a possible threat to pull all of their um all of their advertising from Warner Media shows, specifically AEW. That's pretty big. And as this my lawyer. This gives me, this gives me, before we get to Dave the lawyer, because I want Dave's opinion as our lawyer, but it gives me very parents television council vibes. CC all over again. It gives me very, and the only reason I'm even bringing that up is this is one of the rare instances where I will say this one bit of negative publicity could work to their advantage if they do it right. Well, go ahead, Dave, because I, I want to touch on that too. I, I don't know if there's any legal repercussions from a, a poorly timed ad uh, mixed in you with a... You say poorly timed, Tony Khan might have done this shit on purpose because you, you never don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I don't I mean, think... And, if, uh, I, I, and I, I don't know this, I'm, but I don't think TK had... Like, I don't think the production of the show itself has any input in when the ads are placed. I think the network, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think the network has like a random yeah, kind of schedule. I'd be genuinely surprised if that was all intentional. That, that you know, they're, they're, they say there are hardly any coincidences, especially in, res, in wrestling, but that might actually be a legit one where it just like, Here's what's going on, and we're going to air this. Oh, shit, you know? <laughs> and then after the fact, they're like, oh, that wasn't very good. But, but yeah, I'm not sure I see any any legal recourse right there. Um, you know, but if Domino says, man, now everybody's going to, instead of seeing the annoy the annoyed, they're going to see Nick Gage carving up Jericho with a pizza cutter. We need to really distance ourselves from this shit. But then again, you know, AEW fans, the way, the way that they are, as hardcore as some of them are, they may... They may just in their minds associate pizza, pizza cutter, Domino's. It could be excellent marketing for them. I have a different reason why Domino's should want to not be advertising on AEW Dynamite. Shaquille O'Neal is a member of the AEW performing roster, and he owns Papa John's Pizza. 
He's on the board. That's the official. Papa John's is the official pizza of All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point, actually. So I, I want to touch on that. First and foremost, I want to say that Tony knew this shit was going to happen to an extent because he had to go talk to the TNT executives to let them know what the fuck was about to happen. So number one, he was he knew the shit was going to be controversial. And TNT fucking name-dropped Nick Gage in their like brag announcement for the numbers they did last night. Well, they had to. He made a minute of the show. But yeah, that, they did. I mean, they. I say they had to, but they're a, a multi-million dollar channel, so they can do whatever they want. Um, but this goes to show you that what's the what's the phrase? Playing with house money, mm-hmm. like when you're betting. Yep. AW's playing with house money because they're no they don't have to answer to anybody but the the network. So. Once the advertisers are getting started, we all we all forget or, you know, we live in this world now where what I care about matters more than actual facts. But we live in this. But we forget the entire reason WWE went PG was because they couldn't get advertisers anymore. So they had to change their product. So, I mean, this is this may be much to do about nothing today on, you know, at the end of July in 2021. But down the line, because they doing what the fuck they want on that show. They don't care. They cuss gratuitously. They do whatever they want. So I think you've mentioned a couple of different things. Um, As far as the cursing goes, of all of the things that they do, I think that one is the least significant in modern television. Because like in 2021 television, as long as it's after the 9 p.m. television spot, the only word you can't say is fuck. And sometimes like, you, you can, can even say, yeah, sometimes you that can slips even, out. Exactly. You can even say shit on television now. Like South Park broke that barrier and it was a big deal when they did it 15 years ago. But like in 2021, legitimately, if it's after the 9 p.m. time slot, fuck is pretty much all you got to worry about. And even then, like y'all said, there are moments when you can get away with it. Yep. So like the cursing part is not the problem. As far as the content part goes, I think it depends on follow-up because like Nick Gage, I think it was clear to everybody. This was a one-off thing. He was really hot. They just had the documentary. Um, the Cardona so, like, match. Yeah. The guard, um, the fight against Cardona, all that shit. So like it made sense to bring Gage in, pop a rating, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, Gage is not somebody that they're bringing in as like a regular feature performer because it for no other reason than this. AEW is a work rate company and Gage is the king of the death match. I will never dispute that. Nick Gage is the king of the death match. Nick Gage can't wrestle wrestle. No. Not like a real match. Not at all. And so like he ain't coming in forever, forever. But what might happen is. It won't affect everybody equally. The people it's going to affect are people like Moxley. You know, because because I don't think AEW will ever go full on, you can't bleed, you can't do chair shots, you can't do blah, blah, blah. But I think they might go to someone like Mox and be like, yo, if it's not a pay-per-view, you got to cut it out with the fucking staple guns and barbed wire bats. You mean like they did, like they had the Moxley Archer match just last week? Yeah. Like they might go to someone like him or like Darby Allin. And just be like, hey, man. If he ever comes back. Yeah, like, 
hey, man, I know you like to, you know, be thrown downstairs and launched from body bags, but, like, the advertisers don't like it too much. It's, it's just interesting to me that this is the first, you know, wrestling fans live in their own world, in their own fantasy land. And it's interesting to me that this is kind of one of the first real world um, issues that AEW's had to deal with. And they're kind of, again, they're they're really playing with house money in, in their own bubble because they're privately owned. But, like, think about this. Because I know the next thing we're going to bring up is the United Center reveal and the possibility of CM Punk with all of the teases. They gonna run out of money eventually, right? Because they're talking about bringing in Punk, about bringing in Brian. Those supposedly are done, and then they're talking about trying to go get Brock. Like, where is this money coming from, okay, bro? So, you well, know where it's coming three, from. Yeah, it's coming from the, the cons. Blood oil. Yeah, it's coming from the blood oil, and yeah. blood oil money runs long. I ain't worried about them running out of money. But I, I said it to you in the group chat before, and I'm gonna say this again right here, right now on the Outsiders Edge. I can see Punk and Brian going to AEW. I can see almost every single person on the WWE roster currently entertaining mm-hmm. the idea of going to AEW. Brock Lesnar, I don't think will ever. And I think that's a mutual. That's not just a Brock thing. I don't see the, not Tony. I think Tony would do it because Tony sees money. I don't think like Kenny and the Bucks and them, Brock doesn't strike me as the type of wrestler that they would want to work with. Not that Brock doesn't do business, but he doesn't strike me as the type of person that does the type of business that they want to do. Maybe, but they don't. One thing Tony has made clear is when it comes to bringing in talent, I run the shots. I don't believe a lot of the shit that motherfucker says. I believe that. And well, I believe I believe that because, I mean, you can see it on his cocaine-addled face that he runs all the Boy, fucking I shots. <laughs> I would... Go ahead. No, please. Please, please I would just, do. I would just say, you know, to follow up on what Kyle said, I I think there's three people in WWE or around there that I would say no way in hell they ever end up in AEW. And and one of them is maybe not ever, but not not right now. Brock's one of them. Cena's the other one. Roman Reigns. Yeah. No reason for Roman to even entertain thought about going there when he's the biggest thing in the world. I don't care if AEW does bring in Punk and Brian. It's still Roman's world. Everybody else is kind of living in it right now. But. Um, yeah, I, it's it, yeah. Brock Lesnar. If you bring him into AEW and you look at the roster, I could see him working a program with Archer. You know, Archer or or uh, you know the Machine. They've got the size to do that. But you really think about the only guy who's got the size to match up. Like you know, you compare him to like Kenny or the Bucks that Brock ever really put over all the way over was Seth Rollins. Other than that, you know, really, who's he? Who's he ever put over? I mean, put over in terms of let in terms of let beat him. Yeah, win. not many. Well, I think, but I think it also matters what era of Brock we're talking about. Because I mean, if we go back to the original incarnation of Brock, that Brock was putting over Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. Yep. So, sure, like, and Brock's and, best matches are with with smaller guys. Yeah, Brock does great work. That was back with crap test dummies. That was back when Brock actually wrestled. It wasn't just oh, Suplex no, City right. F five. It's all no, over. You're right. But but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if he if we lived in a world where he went to a company like AEW, I don't know that they would let him do Suplex City Brock. I think they'd be like, yo, man, I, I, I'm going to need you to pull out some moves. I don't think they could tell Brock what the fuck to do. 
I mean, I ain't got I would love, I'd love to see the conversation the only of Cody think, and Kenny coming to him saying, hey, bro, this ain't going to work tonight. Let me ask you guys. The only you got, person on this planet that I could see telling Brock Lesnar what to do is the only person on this planet that I could see telling anyone what to do. And that is my King Haku. Fair enough. <laughs> well, do you guys think that 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 Brock really enjoys that style of wrestling, that that's what he wants? is, Or did he just kind of fall into that? Because I've always felt like, Brock knows he can do more, but if you're being paid that much money to do super, exactly Suplex City and F5 and go home, why bother with it? Well, and and here's the other thing about it. Here's the other thing about it, and this is what makes Brock different from the rest of them. Brock doesn't care about wrestling. He doesn't like wrestling. He's just good at it, and he cares about money. The rest of these people like wrestling and care about wrestling and want to do this for the wrestling. I, I'm not saying Brock hates wrestling. I don't think Brock hates it, but like Brock don't give a shit about the business. Brock gives a shit about Brock. Brock Brock loved wrestling till he fell on his head in Seattle. And then he realized, fuck that shit. I could die. This is about the money. Mm-hmm. That's all that's, he that's cares about. So before we get into Punk and Brian, one last thing I want to talk about relating to last night, but I want to talk about it, talk about it anyway. So that elimination tag match, the wrong team won. What the fuck are they doing? Ryan and Punk, bro. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. But, like, what the fuck are they doing with Hangman, if that's what they're doing? Like, what the fuck is Hangman doing? So let's talk about it. Number one, they've played this slow burn so well, and we know for a fact. so perfectly. It has. And we know for a fact AEW has a ridiculous amount of goodwill with their crowd. They could literally go take a dump in the ring, and people would be like, oh, there's a reason you're doing it. So I'm sure their fan base is willing to wait and see what they do with Hangman. But there's no world. There is no place in this world where you're going to bring in CM Punk and the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and you're going to put them underneath Adam Page. I love Hangman. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. So I mean, it's like, it's not going to happen. So while it be the, while it's the right move to do, the ambiguity makes a lot of sense from a business standpoint because you don't know what's next. If, if you have Hangman win that match, then you are married to doing Hangman versus Kenny at some point between now or All Out, hopefully at All Out. Now, you can really do whatever you want. You can make it where Hangman gets in next week. You can make it where Hangman doesn't get shit, and, you know, Hangman goes the Cody Rhodes route, but people like him. You don't know no, what's happening. See, but see, here's my worry, though. Here's my worry, you know. Braun Strowman. That, uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's my worry. At what point do you have lightning in a bottle and you've got the moment and you've built the moment and you've told the right story and the crowd is ready for it and the people want it and blah 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 and at what point have you missed the boat i agree because because here's the thing because here's the thing if they do that if they do that and i know we say this on the show all the time so it's gonna sound like whatever but if they do that they're just fucking wwe well, if are. you sign, if you sign the biggest stars of the last generation, and bring them in, and immediately put them at the top of the card at the expense of the big stars of your current generation that you've put all this energy into building, you are the monster that you said you were trying to tear down. Oh, you mean like John Moxley and Chris Jericho? No, nah, no, nah, not Moxley, Jericho. Yes, not even Moxley. Moxley's the last generation. We're a generation past the shield, bro. That was 2012. Roman is yeah. still the champ, though, man. I feel like we're still in that generation. It's a, it's a different, it's a different variation of that generation. Yeah, that that's that's for sure. Like, uh, but I, I think I said this. I was like on Pot is War last night, and I'd made the mention that you know it, it's great if you're going to bring in Punk and you're going to bring in Brian, you're going to do all this stuff. You still can't ignore the stars that you're trying to create. Otherwise, you're not really like WWE anymore. You're more WCW than WWE, where all you do is bring in cast off, cast off, put them at the top of the card, sacrifice all the people who have helped you establish this up to this point, and just shit on them. Now, 
that's not to say that they can't still tell a good story and they can't still make it so that, you know, at Hangman Page has got to overcome Punk and Brian just to get to Kenny. It depends. You know, if they if they tell the right story, it can be done very effect- effectively and you put over Kenny without really harming anybody along the way. And this is more and I I've mean, got more faith in them to do that than WWE at this point. Well, and I mean, this is also more a longer term problem than an immediate problem. And the reason I say it's a longer term problem is because here's what I think is happening in the immediate. They're clearly planting all of all of these seeds and signs to show you that they're like they're teasing punk real hard. If they real don't hard. bring him in at this point, then they're just trolling real fucking hard because uh, there were so many different homages right down to MJF coming out at the end of the night talking about while you're sitting there hopefully as uncomfortable as humanly possible like just little seeds all Barbie throughout the fucking he show was the best in the world yeah yeah at the united Ken, center kenny kenny's tweet what time is it i mean yeah look if they're, they're not they're if, planting hard if they're not like you guys just said if they don't deliver with punk right now you really do a lot of damage to like kyle was saying or, or well, I don't know. One of you guys was saying how much goodwill AEW has with their fan base right now. If you don't deliver on CM Punk, you probably do some significant damage to that goodwill, and that's the last thing that this company needs right now is to damage the goodwill that they have built with their fans. By the way, well, real quick, real quick, real quick, they're getting the United Center for a B show. Yeah. For yeah, Rampage. Yeah, and they're that's doing it SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, the Friday before SummerSlam. Yeah. So I mean, so like, they don't, they don't even do the United States. Ballsy. They do the Rosemont. Yeah, ballsy. Like it's a big balls move. Like yeah. like big balls. But anyway, in the short term, though, you know they're planting the seeds for Punk, and then Brian is you know speculation is that's a done deal and that he's going to debut at the Ash Show. Um, well, I think they're also planting the seeds for both Jericho and Cody to be gone for a while. So in the short term, I think the five labors of Jericho ends with Jericho being gone for a while. I think the fifth labor is like a career match type thing, and he goes well, on tour. Thing. And he goes on tour with Fozzie for a little while. Or that's the perfect thing for him to retire on. Actually, no, I really like this. Really feels like the Jericho retirement tour, and then he transitions into commentary full time or some shit. Um, but anyway, I think. And the only reason I'm saying with Cody is because I'm pretty sure Cody's due to go film a TV show or some shit soon. Hills, he was in Hills. But I, think I, think he's, he's I, think, Hills. but I think he's doing another one. Oh, okay. More power to, uh, to Baby Miss. Yeah, so like, you know, do your cosplay. But anyway, in the short term, though, the two of them being gone frees up two spaces on the higher end of the card if you're bringing in two big names without having to necessarily sacrifice a hangman or a jungle boy or a Darby Allen. Those are the three names that come to mind is like the stars they're building. Um, but what happens when Cody comes back and Jericho comes back or what happens if they I'm wrong and they're not leaving and you've just now got all of these people and Moxley. Well, and you know, we're, we're talking really privileged conversations right now because we're talking about the people who are an embarrassment of riches. What about the what about proud and powerful who just finally got a tag match? What about these people in the mid card who are you know struggling the, to get? A, what about the acclaimed? When the last time you heard? No, Mike you know what the question around? mark is. You know what the actual question mark is. Legitimately, rampage. How is it going to work? 
how are they going to use it? Is it going to be used to actually further storylines, etc.? And the reason I say that matters is because one of the things that we've been talking about that's a problem in regards to this usage situation, you've only got two hours of TV. Yeah. Rampage is adding at least a third hour of TV. And if it's yep. successful, you know they'll give them a second hour because it's a, a Friday night show anyway. This is at 9 o'clock. It's at 9 o'clock Central Time, so I'd have to give them an extra right. hour. Me, if let... it gets if it gets big enough numbers on Friday at garbage time, they will absolutely give them a second hour sure. because because on Friday night a cable network like TNT on Friday night once that ten o'clock time slot or eleven o'clock time slot hits, they're showing syndicated movies yeah. from the Time Warner catalog. So if that show gets even remotely decent numbers, they'll give it a second hour. Well, Punk's going to debut on Rampage. That's going to be. True massive <laughs> you're you're talking a big 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 number but uh do you think aw's got the roster depth yet you know you're talking yes. all these moves to do like a roster split or something and they'll never do it yeah yes they I, have more people right now than ross mcdown and maybe nft combined no they but i think the there's people, a difference between having bo- no i think there's a difference between having the people and having depth i think those are two and I, I think that having the people allows you to quickly create depth. We saw that when they brought when WWE brought back the brand extension in 2016 and SmackDown got like 10 people from NXT and like or that like just hadn't been on television in months. And um, the creative team was just like challenge accepted. And lo and behold, um, that women's division included Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch at the same Carmella. time. Carmella. And Carmella. Uh, and Naomi. Like, you know, yeah. that was a fire-ass women's division. Um, Six women, that was it. Yeah, just, it was, yeah, because it was just them, Natalia, and, uh, and Nikki, Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella, yep. And they and all Nikki fought in one match. And they all fought in one match to decide the champion anyway. Yes, <laughs> that Nikki is was, true. And Nikki was fucking hurt, so she couldn't even take shit tons of bumps. But what it did is it created Carmella and Alexa as, like, actual characters. Alexa yep. learned how to, like, do character work. It yep. turned Naomi into a bankable anchor star Two-time that champion. every division needs. Yep. Two-time like, but they But they have. I, I, I understand. Your, your point is very real and very true. But I think they have it because they sit on so much talent. I'm not talking about the talent they bring in and bring out. I'm talking about the talent that they've given contracts to. Oh, they yeah. sit on so and much they keep talent. giving. To, they keep giving contracts. I mean, Thunder Rosa signed a full time contract recently. They the Varsity Blondes are full time now. And then we're not we're ignoring. I hate this fucking term, but we're ignoring the Forbidden Door. So technically, they don't have which to is just still do open because Tanahashi gave a fucking promo on dynamite because he's about to challenge archer on uh, the resurgence apparently apparently moxley pushed to have tanahashi versus him at all out which is going to be a dope ass match for the record yo high fly flow baby uh but i'm nope. you know so you know it's fun it's you know it, it makes me laugh that like people hate vince so much that they have to get the voltron tigers of wrestling to get together <laughs> You say that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. You say that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. But I will say it's really cool to have the Voltron Tigers together. Like, it's really neat as fuck. It's absolutely dope. It's absolutely dope. But I don't know, man. I don't like seeing nobody picked on in general, whether it's the biggest dude on the block or the smallest. Oh, no. you No, facts. Facts. Like, 
I think the one thing that the one thing that I've liked more recently, at least on Dynamite, is there have been fewer instances of just like constantly having to have WWE's name in their mouth and just letting the stories tell themselves. Because they're telling a lot of really great stories right now. They are. They are. And they'll find a reason to put their name in their mouth. But you're right. Oh, I mean, you know, Cody will always find a way to put Big Brother Hunter's name in his mouth. Did y'all read that? Did y'all read that interview where he said Triple H is his favorite wrestler? Of course he is. I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut up, Cody. <laughs> like, come on, man. I hate that man so much. Oh, I hate him so much. I pray to God I get the chance to meet him Wednesday on the 18th. I just want to be, I just want to meet him. Um, of course, out of respect for him being a wrestler, I'll shake his hand. After that, like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be disrespectful, but I'm gonna let that motherfucker know how I feel. Oh yes, I hate that man with the passion of a bird. Cody. Oh yeah, Rance Garrett Garrett Runnels. I hate him with the passion. Yes. Why? I I have I'm not don't... privy to this. Con- okay, yeah, never mind. We don't have two hours. So we don't have enough time. Oh, I mean, I'll like... hit you up after the show and we'll talk. All right. Well, we'll Rance talk some other time. For the record, actually, you should be uh you should be advising me as my legal counsel to keep my mouth shut. Well, you can speak what you want. Just don't touch him. You, you should be okay. Fair enough. I mean, he may he, he may crossroads your ass, but that's all right. Cody can't take me, bro. We're the same size. <laughs> Don't be one of those people, Rance. Don't be Cody one of those six people. Foot one. That's a, one. that's great. That's great. That's great. There are a lot of people that I'm bigger than that I wouldn't pick a fight with. No, you're you're right. What I'm saying is, Cody ain't got no hands. If Cody get me on the ground, it's over. But Cody ain't got no hands. I mean, at least you admit at least you admit that if it gets to the ground, it's done. Oh, he's been a wrestler since he was six years old. I mean, like like a Greco-Roman wrestler. I have no chance. But but you but look, I'm Booker T in this hole. He's Batista. Look, we if we stay on if we stay on that um, if we stay on uh, if we stay all up I'm in our saying, hands, all I'm it's saying, over. No, Rance. Here's so what you're I'm saying say. your here's, real name is Rance Khabib? Is that is that no, what you're here's saying? What I'm saying <laughs> here's what I'm Rance saying. Rance Jackson. Friend. I'm saying this as your friend. If you think it's going to come to hands, you better be like the fucking blade and bring the brass knucks, bitch. Because... No, you, you got to be fucked up. I'm taking one punch and I'm suing everybody. <laughs> I'm suing Tony. I'm suing Cody. I'm suing Kenny. I'm suing a Raw in the Media. I'm suing HBO Max. I don't know why. Bleacher Report, you can get this work. Hey, Jim Ross, you wasn't there to announce it. You get this work, everybody getting sued. Oh, I think you should change your name to Rance McGregor. There you go. That that's hey, that's who you know. That's just, that's kind of catchy. Just know you got a lot of work ahead of you, sir. When this happens, just be prepared. <laughs> Can I put you on retainer now? I'll, I'll yeah. cash out you five bucks. Yeah, five thousand dollars, man. Here's my PayPal account information right about now. <laughs> um, did you have anything else you want to talk about AEW? Because there was a big, there's some big WWE news too. Um. Oh, only other thing I wanted to talk about AEW is. Um, now that they've figured out what they're doing with Miro, Miro is doing what Miro always does, and that's make me laugh. Hey. There are only two things in life that motivate me, a vengeful God and my double-jointed wife. So I, I want to say, go ahead, David, but I want to say real quick, I, I, I continue to give AW every ounce of credit in the world for pivoting when shit ain't working. And the best man playing video game wasn't working. They pivoted off that shit so quick. And this version of Miro is 
Fantastic. God's favorite champion. The Redeemer. Oh, I love it. I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, look. I think we're all in agreement, Punk. If he's not going to AEW, then they've really shit the bed on this whole situation badly. Yes. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, American Dragon, whatever you want to call him. You guys think he's AEW bound, or is that that one I'm not as solid on right now. I just I don't so, I don't know. So like there have been so many concrete details and nobody is refuting them. And that is what like the big part for me is just like, okay, you've given me a concrete date, you've given me terms, you've given me a plan, and nobody yeah. is saying shit to the contrary. And I'm not even talking Danielson or the Bellas or AEW saying shit. None of the other vultures within the wrestling media sphere yeah. are saying anything. And I Vulture is maybe a harsh term, but I mean it in the sense that, like, if I'm fightful or I'm no DQ or I'm wrestling headlines and I find out that this story that broke by not my site is not 100% valid and I have yeah. information that refutes this shit, oh, yeah. you best fucking believe I'm going to drop that. Yep. yep. And, and SRS has not hit nothing up in the fightful stream. So, like... Whoa. In fact, Cassidy, who actually from um, Bodyslam.net, who who actually put the news out, has been on everybody's site talking about it. So mm -hmm. this is more more or less cosigns. It's too much smoke. It's yeah. way too much smoke yeah. to not be fire anywhere. Yeah. Now, could the could the could the deal fall through last minute? There's always a possibility. Absolutely. Could but, the date be could the date be changed and they yeah. decide to do it at a different show? One thousand percent. But at exactly. this point, I fully it's, it's, expect yeah. at some point in the not-too-distant future, some AEW crowd is going to be lucky enough to hear Final Countdown and lose their fucking minds. By the way, Tony Khan spends all his fuck money, but he couldn't spend the money on a Metallica song for one night? Nick, you know, Nick Gage comes out to For Whom the Bell Tolls. I mean... Hey, Metallica's at a premium, buddy. Come on now. I mean, look, you pay. And, and, they, and Metallica's got no, the rights no, no. WWE anyway, so there you go. No, it ain't even that. It ain't even that. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna spend all this money on the rights to this music for a one-off. Not when I have to go. Not when I have to go and secure the rights to Final Countdown in perpetuity, <laughs> and I have to go pay Living Color for the rights to Cult of Personality. Hey, Come on, Kyle, Europe's not even around anymore. They don't, they'll take anything you can give them. You give them a fucking gift card to Subway and they'll be like, yeah, here's Final Countdown. Uh, well, hey. hold up, hold up, hold up. The name of the band the is Europe, and we know the cons have all that money in Europe. So like, hey guys, here's a, here's a free HBO Max, Max subscription for life. Oh, here's a song. You got we'll it. We'll give you season tickets to the Jaguars and Dude. what's the Premier League team they own? Oh, oh shit. I don't know. Fuck. Mitt Manchester, Birds? no, not Manchester. No, uh, it's not. I don't. Know. But I mean, for all you know, Europe's saying, "Hey, I tell you what, for that deal, you can have, you can have Final Countdown, Carry, and Cherokee, baby. Take them all." <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no, I do expect it to happen, though. One hundred percent, I expect it to happen. I'm. I, I actually want to tell me Fulham. Fulham FC. Okay, Fulham. Yeah, I knew that. I, thought, they I thought you were download, downloading Europe's debut album. Sorry, Ray. Oh no, All well, right. look, that's on the list with Flash Gordon. It's, it's no. Coming. Speaking of investing, <laughs> now speaking of investing, 
WWE had their subscriber call recently, and Rance, I'm gonna let you take point on the subscriber call because I know you actually like probably heard it. I didn't listen to it, but I followed it for sure. And uh, I got to tell you, first and foremost, there's always some interesting shit that, that happens. That day well, I mean, yeah, we're in the battle of the cons, man. Tony and Nick fighting it out. Even with Tony Dumbass actually calling him out on AEW television. Um, Con! Uh, <laughs> thank you. I was waiting for it. Um, so to, to run through some numbers real quick, uh, that everything is up like always. Backlash viewership was up 26%. Hell in the Cell viewership was, was up 25%. Money in the Bank viewership up was up 46%. Um, you know what I find interesting about that? You know what I find interesting about that? Viewership is up. Up, 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 up. Yes. And yet, all we continue to hear is about how the product is awful and everybody's going to quit watching. Also, I find it interesting, also I find it interesting, because I don't dispute that the viewership is up in the YouTube numbers and in the the pay-per-views, yeah. But I find it also interesting that that viewership continues to climb, and yet Raw's viewership has remained stagnant. Hold that thought. We'll talk about that after this, okay? Because that, that's very interesting, and I, I, I have a lot to say on that. So that, well done. Um, of course, uh, they're talking about all the sales that they've done. SummerSlam sold out 40,000. It's 45, they got 45,000 seats that they could sell. They sold over 40,000 without a card or a, a match that was advertised, which is crazy. It's good numbers. Um, wait, wait. SummerSlam is only 45,000 people in a 70,000 seat Probably stadium? There's probably attendance restrictions because of everything. Yeah. yeah. I, that's it, why, I mean, to be real, that's why I haven't gotten tickets yet is because with Delta running wild out there. Yeah. I'll say this. I've been burned on this before. It's like, shit. Well, I'll say this for Dynamite. I'll say this for Dynamite. You had to buy pairs. You could not buy singles. You had to buy pairs. Um, well, that's new because I sure as hell bought singles. I sure as hell could have bought singles at both of the it shows. Might, I mean, that might have been – that could have been a North Carolina Bojangles okay. Coliseum policy because, like, Roy Cooper's not fucking around up there. Um, the, So the first SmackDown here in Houston was sold out and is the highest non-grossing pay-per-view event in WWE history here in Houston. Merch sales was 50% greater than last time. Money in the Bank was sold out. It's the highest grossing non-WrestleMania event in the history of Dallas-Fort Worth. Merchandise sales were over 100% greater. And this was before anybody knew John Cena was coming back, so you can't say it was because of John Cena. Dallas, in the Monday, highest paid attendance in Dallas over three years. Merch sales was 50% greater than the last event down there. Like, it's just over, over. And over and over, just great numbers. Everything is up. Um, they mentioned that uh, there is a plan eventually to go back to Saudi Arabia. We'll talk about that next after this. Um, they uh, they talk about the New Year's Day pay per view in Atlanta and how since uh, New Year's New Year's Eve is is kind of a big day for college bowls. They had a day where they could there was nothing going on. They they felt they could like take advantage of it, which is why they did that. Which is again probably big big. They talked about how all the shows on uh, A&E have driven up their demo, a, a 20% increase in viewership and a 90% increase in the 1849 demo. They talked about the backlash zombies with from the Army of the Dead crossover. It's huge. 
it gained they had three of the four top 14 trending topics of the year of the of the night because of the promotion and they said it helped army of the dead be one of the highest grossing movies in netflix history um they're they, you know they have a credit one uh bank credit card deal which has been done they got a pure life deal they've just so so on and so forth they also talked about the new usa versus vince mcmahon show scripted show that's gonna be crazy <laughs> if you haven't heard about that but the thing that got everybody's attention was if you've ever listened to these or followed these vince mcmahon opens the call and then he won't talk no more until question and answer period that's what he has his cfos and his cmos for so they asked about uh, one of the person asked about aw and asked if he sees them as competition or if he sees it as a kind of a rising, rising tides lift all boats kind of situation. And I'm going to read his exact quote. Now, again, this is listen. This is uh, this is the transcript of what he said. You have to listen to it because when he's on there, he's he's so low because you can tell he's speaking on a um, a conference call phone. So his voice is so low that you really have to focus on what he's saying. That's important to know. This is what he said. Well, it certainly is not a situation where rising tides, because that was when Ted Turner was coming after us with all of Time Warner's assets as well. That was a different situation. AEW is where they are. I don't really know what their plans are. All I know is what our plans are. I don't consider them competition in the way that I would consider WCW back in the day. Not anywhere close to that. This is this is the headline. And I'm not so oh the, the so the dude asked about the investments in the roster because of all the people that AW signed, right? Vince says, and I'm not so sure what their investments are as far as their talent is concerned, but perhaps we can give them some more. <laughs> so I, I, have, I, have I never realized Vince was that magnanimous, really. I, I had no clue. <laughs> so, like, Uncle, Uncle Vinny. So I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Um, like, I want to I put some perspective on some of that in terms of the, like, why would he not consider, it, consider AEW competition in the same way as WCW was? Um because I think there's two different things at play here, and they're not just blatantly disrespecting AEW, which is what a lot of people will instantly run to. The first thing at play here is when WCW and WWF were going head-to-head with one another, they were on almost equal footing from a branding standpoint because of where wrestling was at the time. Mm -hmm. And... When he says, you know, WCW was going after them with the full weight of the Turner empire, like he means like WCW could write blank checks because they had Turner money and Turner was willing to just write blank checks and sign everybody and do whatever the fuck he wanted because he owned the network. Um, And so, yes, well, and so like, but. It, it it's getting there's another key part of this though so like that's the first end of it is like wcw was able to go after wwf at a time when neither company really had much of a, a lead on the other and that's not the case here 
AEW started when WWE is now synonymous with the word wrestling. And so w, or AEW's able to create significant market share, able to almost instantly become the second largest company in North America, the second or third largest company in the industry. But WWE as an entity has become so fucking big, like they're publicly traded now. Mm-hmm. As a company, mm-hmm. at a good stock price, um, you know, which is just not something that AEW currently can do. And in some ways, that works to AEW's advantage in the sense that, like, they only have to worry about what Nick and Tony Khan care about. And if Nick and Tony Khan are willing to take the heat and willing to deal, or not Nick and Tony Khan, Shad, Tony and Shad, 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 yeah. Shad, they don't have to worry about what Tony and Shad Khan are worrying about and if tony and shad are willing to take the heat and tony and shad are willing to put the empire behind it and tony and shad are willing to take the deal then that's all that matters but they don't have the same power and control over the network they at the end of the day still have to you know work with tnt and within what tnt is willing to give them Whereas, like, WWE is such a mega conglomerate that, like, NBC Universal gave them a billion dollars for the tape library. The, the word, you used the word Temporarily perfectly. Temporarily for the tape library. Yeah, to lease it, yes. You, you said the word that I've used many times on the show that wrestling fans don't seem to care about or understand or they don't want to care about or understand, and that's market share. I don't give a shit how good subjectively something is does not matter if people don't know you exist. Now, AEW has done a fantastic job of, in their world, in their scope, trying to get as many eyes on them as they possibly can. However, you said it perfectly. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not being facetious here, but I'm, I'm being legitimate. I'm, and I'm not being addicted. I'm being real. I'm, t- I'm speaking from a perspective of not an diehard uh, wrestling fan or IWC fan, but it's just a person who's watched wrestling before or whatever. You could legitimately say that the overwhelming majority of everybody you'll see on AEW, you could say they're a WWE guy. Oh, well, I see John Moxley. Oh, wasn't he in WWE? Oh, was Chris Jericho. Oh, wasn't he in WWE? So many people. So while they've done a great job of, of building their own roster and making all these people their own, WWE has been the house on the hill for so long that even their top people at AW are are WWE rejects or castoffs or people that they've let go or asked out. So it's like at that point, you you're you, the hill is so insurmountable. And so even if the demos are close in numbers, even if your numbers are matching very similarly when it comes to the TV show and the Nielsen ratings, it's still not the same. Because Bianca Belair just did an interview with Tokyo Tonight for the Olympics. I don't see Thunder Rosa on Peacock doing or whatever show. It's just it's just a well, different level. Brit, Britt Baker on on Peacock talking about the that's not going to happen. Well, no. and also, but it's like it's like you guys. It's like Kyle's making the comparison, you know, between the the, the knee jerk reaction is to try and compare AEW to WCW, and that doesn't work because you're really comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. Like you guys said, you're looking at you're looking at completely different metrics, a completely different time where, yeah, I mean, WWF 
and NWA slash WCW were pretty much even. I mean, yeah, when Hulkamania was running wild, that clearly WWF was the number one organization and, and, and NWA WCW similar to like AW had the more hardcore audience, but yeah, that was then this is now, I mean, you're talking about, like you said, Ray WWE is a publicly traded international conglomerate of a corporation. And yes, the cons maybe have every bit as much money as Vince does, but AW does not have the economic footprint anywhere near what WWE has on an international global scale so it's and they also have very they also have clearly to me anyway a very different business model in the sense that like so one of the takeaways you brought up merchandise uh rants and one of the things i noticed at dynamite is like merch was almost non-existent and the only merch that was there was either the aew branded shit or like the action figures and stuff mm-hmm. and that's because if you go to shop AEW, shop AEW is pro wrestling tees. Yeah. Shop AEW is just a division of pro wrestling tees. And much like pro wrestling tees, whichever wrestler's shirt you buy, that's how the wrestler gets their merch cut. Yeah. You know, which is fine in a lot of ways. It, you know, benefits the wrestlers and whatever. But, like, that means that from a company perspective, AEW is not fully maximizing merchandise as a revenue stream. Whereas WWE has that all in-house that is 100% in-house. And there's nothing wrong with either one. I'm not saying one is better than the other. But it means that you have two very different priorities as a business. One of you is prioritizing maximizing profits specifically. Mm -hmm. And the other is focused on living a fantasy. Well, I'm going to just say something else because, like, I don't really know what their focus is. No, you're facts. And then, you know, when we talk about market share, here's some of the things that, that add to market share. Three of the top stars in Hollywood right now are WWE lifers, Roxanne and Batista. WWE uh, has had... The, or WWE, before, my second point, to back your point up, was going to be from 2000 <laughs> until... 2018, no, 2019, WWE was the only televised wrestling product in the United States of America. Like, the only easily accessible one. You know, Ring of Honor was on bullshit access television, and Impact was occasionally on a network here, a network there, Mm -hmm. a revolving stream of places to be, none of which were good. Mm -hmm. Best they got was Spike TV. Um, But, like, for almost 20 years, they were the only ticket in town. Absolutely. So, like, when you talk about market share, this is what people know. I mean... When I say I'm a wrestling fan, when you say you're a wrestling fan, when Dave says he's a wrestling fan, people's instant statement to you, the next thing they say if they're not a wrestling fan is, oh, you mean like WWE? Mm-hmm. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, AW's arguably putting out the better product has a better storyline has right a more now, hard as yeah, yes absolutely has some more hardcore fans none of it matters because like you just said if you go to the casual person on the street and mention pro wrestling they're gonna know wwe they may they're gonna know john cena they're gonna know dwayne johnson the rock they may know a couple other people maybe becky lynch 
you mentioned the casual fan. Hey, have you ever heard of AEW? They're going to be like, who? Yeah, and that sort of thing. So that's that sums up all you need to know about where the two companies are right now. But AEW's not trying to grab the casual fan. That is not their demo. Well, and I well I've I've also noticed you know more casual fans might know AEW now because like I'll, I'll have I have encountered more casual wrestling fans who have been like what is this AEW thing what is this all about a difference between them is people can like you just said Dave people know John Cena they know The Rock they know blah 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 people don't inherently know Kenny Omega like that we do as the mm-hmm. hardcore wrestling audience we know who the Young Bucks are. And to make we it worse, know. to make it worse, you go to a fan, a casual fan, and say, "Hey, do you know who John Moxley is?" No, I have no idea. Do you know who Dean Ambrose is? Yeah, I recognize that name. It's like exact same person, but it, it, it's 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 just a, a familiarity with a certain branding that really distinguishes the two companies right now on many fronts. Well, I mean, Cody wanting his last name back because he knows that people will know him as Dusty Rhodes Kid is a good example of that. And there's nothing wrong with using what you have to your advantage. I'm not mad at you for using your name, but the fact that you knew you needed that name because you're like, well, like, wait a minute, the casual person doesn't know who the fuck I am, but they'll know Dusty Rhodes. Well, you can't do a Dusty cosplay if you don't have the name Rhodes. He's not doing a Dusty cosplay. He's doing a Miz cosplay with a Hunter fantasy. It's one of the three at different points. Yes. Um, the, so it, that's pretty much the crux of the subscriber call, but the fact that Vince is so, I don't give a fuck, that he's like, shit, we'll give him some more wrestlers if they want them, is the funniest shit in the world to me. Even so much so that, um, Andrew Zamarian from the Mad Men, Matt Men pad, podcast, who's been putting out a lot of scoops, mentioned that some, that some of the TV some of the TV partners of WWE, so it's got to be either NBC Universal or um, Fox, felt a way about CM Punk possibly signing with AEW, and then the response given to them from his source in WWE was, they don't give a damn. We don't care about what CM Punk does. <laughs> like, literally, they Nick Khan, he described it that they're like a horse with blinders on. Like, they're just staying in their lane. And he also said that while they don't look at AEW as, in general as competition, everything is competition to them in terms of getting eyeballs. He said sleep is competition to us. So, so like, which is something a way that they've always looked at it, which lets you know they're not. It's not wrestling company versus wrestling company. This is an entertainment company. I want to. I do want to make one criticism of that mindset, and then we can put a bow on this one. Um. I think that it is often good to operate like a horse with blinders on. I think it's often good to be singularly focused on your goal and your vision and your eyes on the prize. But I think the problem with blinders is sometimes blinders can keep you from noticing things like trends and responding to those trends in timely fashion. Um, And so I think that some of the times that the company misses on things and some of the times that they're slow to react to things is also a byproduct of y'all are so like blinders singularly focused on your own shit that you're not paying attention to like the sources around you that are trying to give you feedback i mean you you're right but also when they do do that we don't give them credit for it because we just say they're preempting 
or we just say that they're that they're um, trying to piggyback off of it. You know, what, what do fans say when something happens and, and something cool happens? Well, then WWE would will zone onto it and keep using it. And oh, well, you just ran into the ground. It's not cool anymore because it's, it's corporate. Everything has a jump. Everything has a jump the shark moment. There's a like that's why we have a term for it. It's called jumping the shark. Literally right. every form of entertainment of any kind and every gimmick, regardless of the gimmick, everything's got a, a jump the shark shelf life. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, let's say if if someone says something funny, and the next week, WWE writes it into a segment again. Well, because it was written into a segment instead of being um, spontaneous, the fans will say, "Oh well, we don't we don't like it anymore because WWE they they put their hands on it now." That's what I'm talking about. Like they can't WWE can never win because they because partially they've done this and definitely the fans have done this but they it's such a us versus them mentality even in the company from the fans perspective that anything the company fans think that roman reigns is out here cutting these promos and he's just cutting them fans still think that the pipe bomb that cm punk just did that on his own volition no he cleared everything with vincent triple h first but this is the idea this is the way fans think fans think that Oh well, everything good the the wrestler did on their own, but everything bad, Vince and WWE made them do. And that's what I'm speaking on. We we can get here real quick because I know I know we got to go. Um, last thing I wanted to get with y'all was the WWE has uh, announced that they're going to have a Queen of the Ring tournament, and it's going to finish in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um... Three thoughts instantly, and then I want Dave's opinion. Thought number one, totally on board with a Queen of the Ring tournament. Think that sounds like a fantastic idea. Let's do it. Thought number two, never go back to Saudi Arabia again. Hell the fuck no. Have you learned nothing? No, bad, no. Thought number three, um, can we please avoid... Falling into the trope that we see with the King of the Ring tournament, where the Queen of the Ring just becomes Queen Naomi for the next year and a half, and that becomes her entire gimmick. Can we please avoid that? Please. Please. That's a tired gimmick, and I'm, I'm really, I could, I could do without it. Um, yeah, I agree with the idea of a Queen of the Ring tournament all the way, probably way overdue. Uh, agree also that I'd like to see some more something meaningful come out of that rather than just some stupid, you know, here, you're the queen. Uh, three, is there any doubt in anybody's mind that Charlotte is going to be the first ever queen of the ring? I mean, come on. It's fucking, that's, the, that, that, that's the most obvious thing ever. <laughs> four, I'm giving away the game. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, four, Saudi Arabia. I, 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 you know, look. Breach of contract has been a big topic of Ray and I's conversations behind the scenes today. I agree that they should have no business going back to Saudi Arabia. They have no choice because WWE cannot breach that contract. They've got to go back. Yeah, COVID gave them a year off, you know, because that trumps (laughs) no court in the law in the world is going to uphold. Oh, you breached the contract because you were trying to keep people safe. And during a global pandemic, 
no, we're not going to find you liable for breach of contract. Granted, we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of months. It looks like a fourth surge is coming, and who knows what that means for a lot of the world. But if you haven't got vaxxed, get fucking vaxxed, you ignorant cretins. Right. Well, I agree, but I'm going to try and stay politically correct on this show and and not (laughs) not stir up too much. Correct on your show. On this show, we getting political about this vaccine. If you ain't been vaccinated, what the fuck is wrong with you? Park the car and get the shot. Kyle, don't you know that they are injecting you with microchips? I mean, come on. Don't you yeah, know this? I, yeah, I did know this. I was hoping that it was going to make the 5G come in. Yeah, back. exactly. Exactly. Oh, that was my I, thought, too. I, I saw that on this, on this Facebook video while I was on the, I was, I was on the shooter. Did you see yeah. that, too? <laughs> I, you know, I thought I had it was such good make the reception. 5G better. I got such good reception on the shitter ever since I got that vax, man. That that is that is all I know. But <laughs> I I don't have better reception, but I do suddenly know the lyrics to the entire Dolly Parton catalog because I got the Moderna shot. That's that's a fucked up side effect there. That that's I got the thing. Moderna shot, and you know Dolly was one of the investors, and so here I know the entire Dolly catalog. Come out of the, sh- come out of the shitter yeah, singing Jolene. Die. You know, it's just it's just the way it is, you know. Dave, I'm gay. I routinely come out of all kinds of places singing Jolene. <laughs> Show tunes is kind of like part of the part of the gig, huh? Yeah, but I mean, as far as Saudi Arabia, I I don't want to see him go back there either. I just don't think they have a choice. But you know, if you're actually going to give them the fans there, because there are a couple shows where, you know, when they first started going there, the Saudi Arabia, the fans just cheered for anything. Gradually, the fans started to get smarter over there and weren't just buying all the bullshit that Vince was selling them. And I think, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, we'll see what kind of fans that they come up with here. But uh, yeah, Queen of the Rings is a great idea. I, I mean, that that's way overdue. And yeah, I mean, just the fact that I already know Charlotte's winning really kind of tempers my expectations. But who knows? This It'd be great. Of- Wouldn't it be great if Becky beats her ass to steal the queen title from her? That would be great. That would be nice. The, so the crowd got smarter over there because Vince started giving them shitty ass matches over there, which yeah. is why Goldberg, they got smarter. Gold, Oldberg, Oldberg versus Taker in this shitty match, and the fans are well, like, "Then what the, the D- no, then DX versus the Brothers of Destruction." Yes, that's in an right. Even worse match. In the loser loses your AR double ARP membership match. This is what's going to happen right here. It just, I mean, you got to give people the best match that they ever got over there. Well. I don't know, man. Maybe Seth versus The Fiend was actually worthwhile. They've had some good matches. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're inherently limited in some of the booking that they can do because certain people can't or are not allowed to go there. Like, Sammy don't go to Saudi Arabia. And he will tell you you point blank. He's like, Doc, my pay. I don't give a shit. I'll sit the fuck at home. He thought the clusterfuck in Korea was bad. Wait till you see what they do to you in Saudi Arabia, guys. I mean, it's going to be... They already almost had one of those last time. Well, they went it. Yeah, some of the people, some of the people on the roster won't go. Others can't go. You know, like Daniel they're Bryan limited in go. certain ways. Daniel Bryan, well, Daniel, Bryan took, Daniel Bryan took a political stand. Sammy took a political and safety stand. On the one hand, it was a political stand of just like no fuck Saudi Arabia. On the other hand, it was a safety stand of I'm Syrian. Yeah, yeah. I you know, and I mean that brings up a good point that. You're going to do the finals of the Queen of the Ring tournament in a in a country whose track record as far as oppressing and suppressing women's rights is atrocious. 
and yes, I understand you're trying to revamp that and, and give it a new spin and to try and reform that. But it kind of bugs me that the first time you're doing a tournament that's probably going to be fairly prestigious, you're going to give that final to the Saudi Arabian crowd. Give them the fucking preliminary rounds. I don't give a shit. Do the finals at Survivor. I mean, shit. You can give them the final. You could even give them the final four. I'm yeah. like, I, I'm cool with that. Like, give them the second or the third round, like to set up the finals of the match. Yeah, like, I'm not, cool with not, that. Not the final. It's like uh, that's, that's and mostly, and mostly, it's for a selfish reason for me. For me, it's the selfish reason of for political and practical reasons. I ain't watching the Saudi Arabia show. From a political standpoint, I ain't supporting that shit. From a practical standpoint. The Saudi shows are on at like 2 p.m. So I agree. I don't want them to ever go back if they don't have to, but they have to. But, you know, we all scream about change and how we want things to change. But when things are changing, it is ugly and it is hard. And this is case in point. I have no belief in what the Saudi princehood kingdom government i don't have any belief in them what i do believe is that the people of saudi arabia are ready for something different i feel like the people of saudi arabia are ready to stop treating the women like cattle and i don't i don't believe in punishing the masses for the few so i completely love the fact that they're putting the the finals of this in that in at that show for nothing else, they're showing the people of Saudi Arabia that we're not just going to give you some bullshit Lacey Evans match. We're giving you the women that matter to show you that women fucking matter. We're going to give you the important women, hopefully, unless something happens. Yeah, exactly. To, you know, to show you that this shit really matters and that, yeah, I know we were paid at first to kind of, kind of be your goodwill uh, and 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 you know, kind of what what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of be like a postcard to the world that hey, we're different, we're changed, which is bullshit. But the girls in that crowd, the women in that crowd, seeing that, that's real hope for them. So I get it. I, I, I I'm, and, I'm with both of y'all in that. And I am not remotely suggesting that they shouldn't further that agenda. That yeah. I, I agree with you 100. percent You know, it's just like. All right, you know, do we have to have the match there? I mean, can't we do like semifinals or something? I get it, you know, but uh, yeah, as long as it doesn't end up like the final is uh, Nikki almost a superhero versus Mandy Rose or some shit like that. Yeah, they get that then fuck everything. Well, I mean, it won't be Mandy. Well, we know it won't be Mandy because Mandy's on NXT now, and like apparently NXT is like officially ECW. I love how. Finn got called up, Karrion Cross got called up, all these other people, us, Tegan, Shotzi, all those people, and, hey, uh, what are we getting back down here? Oh, well, you can have Mandy Rose. Yeah. What? Yeah. What a, no, what a, but it's okay, but it's okay, branch, but it's man. okay, but it's okay, because NXT still has Hit Row, and if you didn't know, now you know. Speaking of that, shout out to Samoa Joe, who's cleared. And I got to put this out to you guys because I did this on Pata's War. I want to get your guys' opinions on this. I know we're trying to get out of here. You got Samoa Joe taking on Karrion Cross NXT Championship at TakeOver 36 SummerSlam. What is it? 
it's the weirdest shit ever because SummerSlams happen on Saturday and NXT Takeovers happen on Sunday. They're tired of getting they're tired of getting outdone by the right. NXT guys. That's like, a good point. Go That's a good point. Uh, does Joe become the first ever three time NXT champion in the throne carry and cross? Yes. Yes. Wow. And and I and I think and then I think Joe abdicates the title. I he'll either abdicate the title or Adam Cole will take the title from him and be the champion again because I don't see, know who else they've got up there. We'll see. Adam Cole is also going to be leaving the brand too. Oh, is he him, being called up now? Him and Colorado are going to have a third match, and it's looking like it's going to be a loser leaves NXT match. Oh, good. I look forward to hopefully seeing him on Friday night where he can acknowledge his tribal chief. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyhow. that's We uh, acknowledge oh, our tribal chief on this show. I, I acknowledge him, too. You know who doesn't acknowledge Ro- Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, and I watched it at Money in the Bank? I don't think Seth Rollins gives a shit who Roman Reigns is. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. He doesn't be fair. To. Not only that. If there's, any, if there's any person on that roster who has the right to not do that, it is his brother. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, but at the same time, but at the same time, it's clearly one of those little brother situations because, like, Seth don't acknowledge him as the tribal chief, but he also don't get in the way unless he's ready to get fucked up. Yeah, exactly. You think Because you think about it, like, <laughs> Seth's the only one who can talk to him kind of crazy. Because Rome, because he knows they got the relationship, but he knows how far he can go with Roman. Well, I mean, so, and here's yeah. the th- I, I, am I wrong in being more excited to see Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns now than to see John Cena versus Roman Reigns now? Because no. I was at I was at No Mercy four years ago when Roman I was there when Roman took on John Cena. And I'm like, what has really changed now that You're makes not- me interested in this match? So. To answer your question, I would argue the only thing that's changed is like Roman is actually a heel now instead of just a heel to everybody but the story. Right. Um, the but my other thing that I would say is you're not wrong because one of the things that we've been talking about when we talk about AEW and one of the things that they've been getting right in terms of pivoting and character work, character work. Seth and Roman are both at the height of really great character work right now. They both know exactly who they are. They both have excellent motivations. And when you have well-defined characters, things like face-heel dynamic kind of sorts itself out. And Seth has got the added element that he's beaten Roman straight up clean several times in the past so times, yeah. and 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 that's something that not a lot of guys on the roster can say another match that i was at was money in the bank 2016 when seth beat him clean in the yeah. middle of the ring and then and then ambrose cashed in which was one of the best cashed ins ever in yes. my opinion uh mm. so you know what else has changed since then about john cena specifically he now has hair and now that he has hair he's pretty again and he doesn't have Nikki Bella either. That's changed as well. Hello. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I I think that's kind of a lateral move for him. But I do know that now that he's gotten rid of the military cut, like he's not like right. a fugly dude anymore. And, and it's and you, you know the fact is that Roman's still getting booed as much as he used to be. It's almost a respectful booing now. John Cena wasn't getting cheered that much in Los Angeles four years ago like he was at. at 
any appearance since Money in the Bank. So it, it, it is it distance is, breeds it is, fondness. Exactly. It is funny to me that you you don't know what you got till it's gone. Thank yep. you, Cinderella, for that song. Because it's really like nobody gave a shit about Cena while he was there. No one acknowledged him as being one of the greatest of all time. Now everybody's like, man, wouldn't that be great if he wins number 17 at SummerSlam? <laughs> I, I think it's not even that. I think it's just that Cena handled the exit part correctly. Cena has, John Cena has very, very masterfully handled the end phase of his career. In a way, because in a way where like Rock just left, like Rock just left. He's just like, oh, this hot, this Hollywood money's here. I'm out, y'all. I'll give you like one more program. You got me till Mania and I'm fucking out. Cena's, has done more of the like, oh, I'm going to go do this Hollywood thing most of the time, but like every couple months I'm going to come back and hang with y'all. I'll give you some I'll give you some full-time bumps, I'll do house shows, I'll sell merch, I'll cut promos, all that shit for like 2 or 3 months, and then I'm going to go away again. And by the way, I'm going to lose all these feuds so that we can put some people over. I I think what's even more important than that is every time you talk to him, he talks about WWE. He's announced as still a WWE wrestler, even though he's a major star. When he's interviewed on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or this or that, he brings up the WWE all the time. Rock couldn't and even kids mention wrestling. Still love his ass. Yes. The children flip the fuck out. Right. But I'm yeah, exactly. But I just think it's it's interesting that he he cares enough about wrestling to still talk about it. Like it's he like it's still is the last he's the last transcendent star like truly like in terms of like being able to bridge that gap into the culture like you can ask people who don't give a shit about wrestling why john cena is famous and they know what he did Mm -hmm. and also dave for the record people didn't know what they had with roman until roman had leukemia when it came back, he pretty much got majority cheers again because they were oh, they understood. Sure. So yeah, yeah that's I mean, because because anytime you blend kayfabe and you break those walls down and you inject a real life situation as serious as leukemia, yeah, if you don't get cheered, then there's just something wrong with humanity. So, well, you know, I mean, if there's anything we've I learned mean, in the last year, like, there's a lot uh, of things wrong with humanity. <laughs> there, that is that is un dis, indisputable, absolutely. Fucking but, idiots out there. Um, Dave, thanks so much for coming. We really enjoyed having you. Um, plug your shit, man. Tell the good people where they can find you. Oh, I got at least fit, 10 more questions I want to ask you guys, but I'm not. So anyway, I'm just going <laughs> to cut out it. Next time, you can, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. You can also find me with... Rance Morse's alter ego, the Reverend Ray Cash on Bandwagon Who's Nerds. Who's that guy? Some, some jobber, man. Some absolute jobber, you know. But you can find him on Bandwagon Nerds every Monday at, I think, 2 o'clock Eastern is when it comes out. So, yeah, if you all the latest nerd stuff, at Bandwagon Nerds on the Twitter, man. That's uh, that's pretty much it. Speaking, of nerd, stuff, speaking of nerd stuff, y'all see Scar Joe is uh, suing... Uh... Disney for breach no, contract. We, we don't know. We don't know anything about that, do we, Ray? No. We, yeah, we haven't talked about that literally all day long, back and forth <laughs> in, in a major. I hope she wins. Preparation for Sunday. I hope yeah. she wins. She should win. 
I like I, Disney. She has like response, man. I mean, She's like so the much only sensitive Disney, to the COVID situation. The <laughs> only thing Disney's got going in their favor is they are large and have shit tons of money. ScarJo has like an ironclad case. My contract says this. You did that, and that breached this. And Disney's got to hope that there's something in that contract that she didn't read that gives them the right to and alter it without her. And something tells me, and something tells me that Scar Joe and Colin Jost can afford a damn good lawyer. Oh no! Look, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. When you're talking, because Ellie here's 30, the thing. I know that Scarlett Johansson has more money than Colin Jost. I know that, but Lauren Michaels pays good, and yeah. he's been a weekend update host for like five seasons now. Yeah, at some point, if Disney's getting 25 of the best lawyers in the world and ScarJo has 10, who gives a shit at that point? Yeah. How many lawyers do you really need? Yeah. There's too uh, many of us, Ray. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, Rance, tell people where they can find you. Um, you can find me at It's Ray Cash. That is R-E-Y as a Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. And apparently... With my uh, lawyer friend, Ms. Ungar, on Sunday, talking about Scarlett Johansson. Also at Fern Gully Forever. Don't forget that place, Ray. You know, Fern Gully is my a bur- great film. Don't be giving my burner out on the other show, bro. Okay? That's my burner account. Fern Gully Forever. Fern Gully is a great fucking film. Way I'm, better look, than Avatar. I'm trying to tell you, Patrick, if you're listening, you heard it. Fern Gully is where it's at. If Patrick doesn't understand that, then like, there's more wrong with him than just being a Minnesota Wild. Well, Rance needs to uh, watch Flash Gordon before Patrick is going to give him any sort of notoriety at all. So, <laughs> well, and listen, y'all, if you enjoy this show or the Bandwagon Nerds or any of the other wonderful content that we provide, you can find it all on the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where we encourage you to enjoy your day the chair shot way and always use your head. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can find Missing Brother Carl with the best Twitter on the chair shot at Outsider Curvin, K-E-R-V-I-N. And you can find the show on Twitter at Outsider's Edge CS. And as always, y'all, remember, we here at the Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly older gentlemen doing the best we can to try to make it in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with that good shit. Like, go see a live wrestling show. I don't care what company it is. Go see live wrestling. That shit is fucking fun. Hopefully vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Get your vax. Then go see the live wrestles. Um, And sometimes we're going to hit you with that hard-to-hear shit. Like, AEW is the hottest ticket in town, but they still have a massively uphill climb in terms of penetrating the market. Market share, fool. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and you have got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, just like Big Daddy Mac, we just don't give up. Fuck! Just for the night, I'm going to switch that up. We we still don't give a fuck, but we, you know what we'll do it instead? Because we're just some seemingly older gentlemen. We'll sue your ass. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.